Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Dear God, when unexpected things happen, we know that your spirit has a way of breaking through those unexpected things. So as we gather as your people, as we prepare to hear your words this morning, Lord, we ask that you open up our hearts to receive. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, so we are finishing up our series called Happy. What is it and how do we achieve happiness? And we've spent four weeks, this is our fourth week on this series, and we've looked at the different aspects of what it is we try to do or, or how we try to become happy. Remember week one, we heard from Solomon, who told us that there is nothing, or as Matt Mayofsky would say, that there is no thing that can make us happy. You know, we, we like to fill our lives with stuff. We, we want to, to have things that, that make us happy. So we look for possessions. But the things that we know about possessions, that as we, are, are, we have a hold of these things, they're, they're fun and, and, and they're, they're great to play with for a while, but then it, they lose their, their shininess or they, they lose their, their spark. Or maybe we, we dig into work, thinking the more I work, the more that I, I try to accomplish, that'll make me happy. But when we do that, we tend to see that we become more alienated from those around us that we love. And then there is pleasure. You know, we love things that make us happy. We, we love those feelings that we have, but those feelings can just end up with, with a dead feeling inside of us. We also saw that in order for us to be happy, we must be willing to forgive. See, if we hold back anger, if we hold back these, these things that, that, that make us angry or, or give us a bunch of angst, we realize that we just live in this state of, of unsettledness because we fail to forgive. Finally, because we know that life is fleeting and because that there are highs and lows, the one thing that can remain constant in all the circumstances is the fact that we know that we are ones in whom Christ dwells and delights. And we all live in God's unshakable kingdom. Because we know that, it calls us to something more. It calls us into living our lives 
differently now because Christ is in us than we lived our lives before. It's a new way of being. And I look at that as when I moved away from home for the first time. Yeah, I did have to go back for a little bit. But when I moved away from home, and one of the things that my mom would always do is that on Saturdays, she would make the most amazing biscuits and gravy. And so we knew that it was, was a biscuits and gravy Saturday. We would smell the bacon frying up. We can, we can hear her in the kitchen getting the biscuits ready and, and starting to make the gravy. We'd all sit down and, and we would enjoy this great meal that mom made for us. But then whenever I moved away, I realized that the biscuits and gravy were gone too. Unless I learned how to make those biscuits and gravies myself. So I remember standing next to mom as she was teaching me how to do this. And, and the first thing I realized as we were making biscuits and gravies together was like, now I'll be able to have this whenever I want. It was going to be a new way of living for me. But as she was making the biscuits and gravy and I saw her pour in the flour, pour in the milk, pour in the grease, I'm going, man, this is really unhealthy. That's something that I cannot have every day because it'll just block up everything inside of me. But those special occasions when we have the family all together and we're uh, sitting around, maybe it's uh, during Christmas break or some special Saturday where we, where we pull together the biscuits and gravy to, as a family, it reminds me that because of the love that my mom had for us, I have a new way of living. And I can share that gift of very unhealthy biscuits and gravy with my family. See, as we move into this last sermon, we're talking about how Jesus has given us a new way of being. Now, there is a connection here, so just, just bear with me. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is talking to his disciples at the very beginning of verse 1 and 2. He calls the 12 disciples together. This isn't quite the scripture here yet, uh, Austin, so hold on just a second. He calls the disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal sickness. He sent them out to proclaim God's kingdom and to heal the sick. And shortly after that, that passage of Scripture, we see that the disciples, are, are, their minds are blown, and they are so excited to see all that they have been able to do because Jesus gave them a new way of being. I can see the disciples coming back to Jesus and saying, you will not believe all of the things that we were able to do because of what you have given us. We can be like that with our faith, can't we? Where, where we may experience something new that God has birthed inside of our lives. And we're so excited and we want to share 
all of that with others. We would say, we want to say, you know, God has done such amazing things in my life. And because he has done those things, I want to proclaim it from the mountaintops, all of God's love and power. But then something happens. Something happens in our lives, and we think that God's power and God's, light and God's love has left us. If we continue moving through chapter 9, we see that the disciples have had a moment like this too. And one of Jesus' most famous miracles, as 5,000 people have gathered around him to hear him preach and to hear him teach, the disciples start to get worried. And they say, Jesus, you need to send these people away because there is absolutely nothing here that we could feed them. And Jesus, just shortly after he gave them all power and authority, looks at his disciples and says, well, why don't you all give them something to eat? And the disciples are looking around, and they're going, there's nothing here but, but five loaves of bread and, and, and two fish. And they hang their heads down, and, and they, they feel like that they have failed. But Jesus then takes this meager offering of, of bread and fish, and he feeds the entire crowd with, with leftovers. And the disciples are amazed. See, our faith journey brings us to this point, too. When we look at what Jesus has called us to do, and we can also throw up our hands and say, it's too hard. It's too hard to follow Jesus. It's too hard to place our whole faith and trust in you, God, because we can't do it. Then Jesus gives us, I believe, the meat of chapter 9. And our scripture this morning is from Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 24, where Jesus said to everyone, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves. Take up their cross daily and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them. But all who lose their lives because of me will save them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. See, if we go back to verses 1 and 2, it didn't say that the disciples right then and there had authority, but it says that Jesus gave them the authority. You see, Jesus gave them a new way of being, gave them this, this idea that they are no longer just students, but they have been given the power to go out in their communities and to make a difference because Jesus had made a difference in their lives. My friends, Jesus is still giving authority. And Jesus has given that authority to, authority to each 
and every one of us. See, for me, this call to being happy, it, it has nothing to do about my status or who I am. But when I feel happy or when I feel that God has placed happiness in my life, it's because I know that God has loved me with this most radical love that calls me to go out and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ with others. See, this isn't a call to neglect ourselves. See, not once does Jesus tell his disciples that, that you must neglect who you are. Remember back in week one when we talked about the great commandment, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. See, we must have this love for ourselves that is given to us by God in order for us to share that love with others. <clears throat> See, it, it's a call for us to remember who and whose we are. Thinking back on mom and thinking about all that she has taught me reminds me, and I may have shared this story with you all before, when I would go out with friends. And before I left the house, mom would always say, now remember who you are. And I would smile with this little mischievous grin. I'd say, yes, I know. I am the son of Glenn and Francis Everson. And she would give me that mom look. I said, no, something even more valuable. You are a child of God, and you are given this, this ability to share Christ's love with others. <clears throat> so I think that's why we connect with what we call random acts of kindness, or this whole act of paying it forward. So we like to do that because it gives us the opportunity just to share love with others, to do something for someone that they may need a little help or a little boost. See, it's just a reminder that in all that we say, that in all that we do, we give of ourselves because Christ has given himself for us. So my friends, I challenge you and I encourage you to be happy, not because of the stuff that we, we place around of our lives, but to be happy because there is one who loves us with such a powerful and radical love that it makes a difference in our lives and that we share that love with others so that they can feel the love of Christ in and through us. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, as we come to the end of this series, and as we look ahead at life, 
and we see the challenges that are in front of us. Remind us that the challenges don't define who we are. Stuff doesn't define who we are. Our status doesn't define who we are. But what defines us is the call that you have placed on each and every one of us to be light in darkness, to proclaim the good news that there is a Savior who loves and cares for us all. Help us to be those messengers that as Christ sent out the disciples, we remember that Christ sends us out to share his news to all. So Lord, we lift these prayers up to you. In the name of the one who gives us life and life abundantly, Jesus our Lord. Amen.